to begin with, um, uh, if, if you look at if you look at Tao itself, the uh, the home the home world, it's described very much in this kind of African setting. Lots of savannas. I've experience that. Oh, pardon me. I said I have experience with that being down here. Oh, oh, that's right, that's right. That's I, I forget you're you're down in South Africa, right? Yep. That's cool. Um, yeah. So so um, well then the, this is this is right up your alley. Uh, yeah, the way that they describe uh, Tao is that it has these shallow oceans, um, very dry, uh, big savannas. Um, it has mountains, but the mountains are kind of like they're they're pretty sparse and hold a very unusual place for the Tao. During the what what we'll call the diaspora, uh, a, a group of Tao went up into the mountains and became a, almost a completely different species um, in the form of the air caste. So. So when we when we think about when we think about the fact that the Tao are then undulates, um, um, undulates on uh, at least in in you know real human history, which you know all of all of science fiction obviously draws from human history because it's the only history we've got. That makes them uh, probably herbivore, herbivores initially, or um, you know omnivores. But most likely, if you look at previous Tao uh, cultural cu culturisms. Um, they describe a, a vegetarian species um, by choice, um, and then there's some mention that the fire warriors have like these uh, the, these meat eating uh, rituals that come around once a year. But still, that's that's super rare. Biologically speaking, the Tao uh, have uh, have these really interesting teeth. I'm just gonna put it in the text. Once you send the photo or the, the picture, I have a question related to it, but I'll get to it obviously once it's been dropped. Oh no, uh yeah, sure, absolutely. Um I am just uh these kind of um I guess the best way to describe it is uh these plates where they have three uh different uh three different sections. Um and uh the yeah. par the parrotfish is the closest animal uh in the real world that that, that has these kind of teeth. Um think is kind of funny um but what was the question that you it's had? Almost, oh, uh, it was actually related to specifically the structure of the teeth because obviously you know um it's an interesting question oh, well it's interesting to me because i'm curious about it uh how kind of i explain how the teeth were developed like you know from let's say if they're a grazing animal or i'm not exactly sure if they would be but to kind of you know when, when they become more that's the one. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking what the specific kind of points would be really useful for in terms of, you know, a herbivorous diet, unless that's when it's a transition transitioned from, you know, being a herbivore to an omnivore, potentially. Well, I mean, so one of the things that we, we, we know about evolution is that it's, it should take millions of years. But um, one of the, you know, one of the things that gets brought up a lot is uh, how Tao evolution is much quicker. Um, Super fast, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, is that there's not really that much evidence of super fast evolution for the Tau. If 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 we look at like Tau evolution, like okay, so so Tau history goes back six thousand years, um, hum, human years. If if we consider it just six thousand years, then Tau prehistory could have gone back. You know, I mean, if if again, if evolution is a factor, hundreds of thousands of years, right? Yeah. for them to get to the point of being like cave people but hyper evolution wouldn't have stopped with that uh they start like their basic eugenics program uh after the ethereals come and they you know which which creates the proto casts which evolve into the actual casts but if they are really hyper evolved then they would have continued evolving over the course of the last six thousand years 
which yeah we, they don't yeah with, which they don't so i don't i don't actually i don't believe in hyper evolution i i think it i think it actually might be a misnomer for just like co-op like this is what happens when when a species cooperates with each other um, yeah i mean it's entirety basically yeah right so um so when it comes to these beak teeth um Again, using real-world examples like the parrotfish, I th- I would think that the tau it eats coral, right? Yeah, eat, eat, they they probably eat like or you know how birds eat uh, small pebbles to help digest. Yes. Yeah, I would I would think that the the tau likely eat probably had some kind of like maybe eight minerals um, uh, in order to get more uh, more of a, a vitamin that they needed, which which actually kind of lines up lines up with the fact that at least in in two-thirds of tau lore that their blood is blue so um yep. you know so it, it they're they're kind of in a different spectrum of 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 uh of, of necess- you know like res- resources that they need um hey third and only uh welcome we're just talking about tau teeth right now um hello <laughs> um okay so so uh yeah so if they if they ate like like rocks minerals coral things like that in order to um in order to get to where they're going um i would think that then and if and if tau is to be believed in that it has shallow oceans um there might also be like some kind of water relationship that the that the tau have to you know the uh, abide by in order to survive we know based off the taros book that the Tau um, are much better at water. Uh, at, oh, pardon me. Sorry, I interrupted you. Can. Oh no, no, it, all good, all good. Um, uh, we know from the Taros book from Forge World that the Tau specifically retain water much better than humans, um, which would also imply that the and, and again based on the fact that they're undulates, they they were probably migratory in their in their early history. Um, which brings up kind of what I'd like to get into today. Everything in human evolution is dependent on previous relationships that humanity had. Um, we know there's a, there's a really awesome theory that posits the reason why we have communication, uh, language, um, and, and, and really a diversity of, uh, let's just call them, you know, calls, um, is because we were almost hunted to extinction by saber-toothed tigers. This is a it's a fascinating uh, theory, um, and it connects a lot to biology, where where humanity might have been uh, down to something like forty to fifty members, um, resulting in in the creation of an extremely inbred uh, inbred primate, which which causes a lot of really kind of like rapid fire uh, mutations, um, uh, longer you know longer incubations for. For children, uh, things like that. It's it's it, it it you go down the rabbit hole, hole of evolutionary theories, and it gets really cool. But but to bring it to Tao, um, if we look at the fundamentals of the greater good, if we look at the at the way that they interact with alien species, like one of the reasons why human beings are are, are extremely xenophobic, where we're extreme, you know, we have uh, uh, we have that whole um, uncanny valley problem. We have uh, we have general like disregard for other animals and we actively destroy species. Um, that's because we're, um, we're, we still have the mindset that we're a fragile, a fragile animal. So we both, we the both, the cave kind of situation. Pardon me. The ape in the cave kind of situation. Exactly. Exactly. Um, oh, just a second, third and only, um, is the calls thing. The reason someone screaming in pain hits different to someone screaming when they're scared. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. It's it's also one of the reasons why uh, when women start screaming, it activates a fight or flight response, um, as well as when babies start crying. Um, it like... It, like it, more tuned to high pitch calls. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and that's because uh, we, as a species, we have a lot of trauma in our past. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really is. So... So again, um, adapting this to a 40K understanding, um, and by the way, you know, 40K was created by hyper nerds. Um, they know all of this, st at least at least the people who uh, initially created Warhammer 40K. Like, and so so what we're talking about is is probably things that they they touched base on. Um, but but let's apply this same kind of nerdism to Tau. Um, the Tau do not have xenophobia. It's not a. It's not an innate trait inside of them, which would mean that if we look at um, where Pickled's from, uh, Africa, um, and and we see like the relationships between animals and watering holes, uh, there are uh, dozens of of examples of animals working together or ignoring each other entirely. Like even uh, even predators to prey, there is not a constant like. Uh, uh, hunter prey relationship there there is down period where they feed or, or excuse me they specifically they drink water and like it, it's almost like a, a ceasefire um in nature like where like things things calm down right i i posit that the tau being undulates which we know uh from xenologists that they likely were part of a herd environment in their in their evolutionary uh in their early evolutionary phase, um, and probably had relationships with larger animals, smaller animals, and uh, and birds and stuff like that. So if we connect that to modern Tao culture, um, that explains why drones are such an inherent part of modern Tao uh, society, because they would have created machines um, that would have uh, had the same uh, relationship with them as some of their evolutionary, uh, you know, sim the, the symbiotic relationships that they probably had. Uh, very much like how buffalo um, have a symbiotic relationship with birds. Uh, the birds eat the fleas the and, and provide a food source, and the fleas don't no longer bother the buffalo, and so on and so forth. So, so again, going into Tao evolution, we try to, you know, it's easy to start with this understanding, it's easy to start picking up all of these different threads um, of like why something like the greater good. Well, of course, a herd species created something like the greater good. If we all work together, we can all drink water and survive, right? Um, you just mm, you yep. just you just expand that to a sci-fi setting with spaceships and different star systems, and that's why when the Tau uh, first encounter uh, aliens. Um, which yes, there there has been one retcon. Um, we'll we'll explore both. Um, but when they encounter the Nikasar in the Battlefleet Gothic uh, rulebook, when it describes the Tau first contact, uh, they specifically say that there was a misunderstanding between the Nikasar, who are a race of um, uh, let's call them super empaths and uh, telekinetic beings. There's a there's something lost in translation, and there is a war. It's a very brief war, which the Tau quickly adapt to and win. But instead of annihilating the Nikasar, um, which is you know you, any other race in 40k, like annihilation is just part of the game. Um, the Tau almost instantly make uh, a treaty with them, 
and start working with them. And uh, and that's why the Nikas are the the uh, are the oldest race to have partnered up with the Tau. Um, later, when the Tau uh, become a fully fledged stellar empire. Uh, the uh, the Nikasar end up uh, becoming basically the Tau Empire becomes a haven for them um, because uh, humanity has I mean just hates any hate hates psychers of any kind so it's 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 a really it's a really interesting relationship that the uh, that forms as a result of these origins and the origin theory of the Tau so yeah um, that's that's kind of that's that's the foundation of of today's today's talk is to then see and talk about how if 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 the if we accept these things as foundational theory how do the tau then expand into the rest of their timeline i'll take a, a jump back yeah pick oh, yeah. if you if you have anything i do, i also don't want to dominate uh, the conversation it is a conversation even though i spend a lot of time uh lecturing <laughs> No, no, it's fine. Um, there's one thing I want to just jump back to, the teeth kind of topic for two seconds. Um, yeah. There's, well, this is obviously coming from my knowledge base, you know, uh, growing up primarily in South Africa. There is the sand uh, bushman that would dig up, um, I think it's called milk plants. What's the root of the plant that they dig up from under the ground? I don't know what its, you know, scientific name is or whatever, but they, they would, it's super hard and they would break into it, you know, to extract the water because, you know, oftentimes during the dry season in the savannah, you, you know, the watering holes, every, you know, the tributaries, excuse me, um, you know, it all dries up. And um, I was thinking about an adaptation for their teeth. Now, obviously, this is just, you know, blue skies thinking here. It could, they could be potentially some kind of um, root plant or something like that, um, that maybe they used a uh, well, you know, they they adapted to able to to be able to I don't know eat it or break into it somehow. Hmm. That's um, fascinating. You also mentioned about holding onto water for long periods of time. You know, it could work quite well if you have a situation where it's a very very dry uh, uh, summer. You know, or well, it's the dry season, right? You know, and then potentially um, needing to hold onto water and, and and to get water. You know, and obviously these plants could provide some kind of uh, water source maybe for sure for sure what what is the name of the plant again milk plants uh i can go search what its actual name is like you know scientific name but it's milk plant is one word or milk root sorry milk plant root yeah absolutely pickled but like milk plant root i absolutely think that that's that could be a reason why they have the platelet teeth right mm. um the, it's uh, got a similar kind of texture to, well, not obviously like coral, but, you know, maybe very, very hard outer surface. For sure. I mean, like, remember, the reason why, like, human beings come up with cooking is because we have, like, notoriously terrible teeth that we can't, like, chew into stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so... Yep. I see this. So, so yeah, so 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 let's, let's just have a quick branching conversation. Um, I think that something like uh, the milk plant root uh, is an is absolute. I mean, then then we actually, despite the fact that you know there are some uh, negative connotations to it, but but I actually lo I love pigs. Um, I think pigs are like a really fascinating species, even though the fact that we you know eat billions of them a year. Um, yeah. But like maybe maybe the tau, um, maybe the tau their their initial like purpose. I mean, we, okay, so okay. 
so that so the Tau have uh, extremely sensitive olfactory organs inside of their mouth. Uh, they don't they don't uh, they don't uh, smell through their nasal cavity. They breathe through it. Um, and if we look at if if we're backwards engineering a design choice, um, there then it would make sense that uh, the Tau would breathe or, or excuse me smell through their mouths while maybe hunting for these milkroot uh, plants, um, which would allow them to breathe, though, through their nasal slit, uh, uh, like th with their heads uh, in the dirt. Um, it, it makes for a really fascinating relationship. And, and of course, then once they find these roots, uh, a little bit like the, I think elephants do the same thing. They, they'll rub those giant, uh, those giant trees. Um, what are they called? Um, um, you're talking about, um, they're, they're like, really I don't know the name of it. yeah, they're like, they have these really fat trunks. Um, either way, uh, is it the boobab, isn't it? Oh yeah. 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 And, and then other animals like come over and, and because you know, nobody is as strong as the elephant, like them rubbing the bark off these trees and everything actually allows other animals to drink it. So maybe the towel, um, in the same way that human beings were a scavenger species, like, like after the lion hunted and killed a deer, then the hyenas would come and eat the offal. And then human and then early humans would come over and eat crack open the bones. And that's why they think that we developed cooking so we could we could break down the bones easier and, and eat the marrow. So so maybe the Tau served as kind of like a, uh, a kind of like a pig in rooting out uh these uh these these water carrying plants. Uh, and I mean, that's, that's a great origin theory, right? Like that's, and, and it actually creates a really interesting opportunity for the Tau if they then gain, gain sentience as like, it's their job to find the water, you know, yeah. um, which then expands into the Tau, uh, the Tau believing that they know what's best, like the greater good totally makes sense to them. They're going to provide it for everybody in the galaxy, you know, um, it's really interesting. That's, this is why it's so good to have multiple people from different nations talking about the same thing because you come at it from a, a place that you know. It's the dangers of ho only hiring British people to run your when you run your empire. <laughs> the, the, the town yeah. primarily consists of fish and chips. Now. I can say that because I was born there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was actually I was actually born in uh, London as well. Um, I remember you told me. Yeah, yeah but I, I didn't get to keep the sexy accent pickled. <laughs> so people, uh, Americans I've spoke to have said that I sound English but when I speak to English people I sound South African so I don't know where I, where I fit um, I, I, I think that you, you definitely don't have a British accent there's something um, there's something uh, I'm going to use it's a terrible word to say to somebody but you have an exotic accent um, uh, but it, it sounds it, it, it sounds like uh it's 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 definitely british leaning but it sounds um there's a heaviness to your your uh your accent um that british people it, typically don't have it's yeah. probably as, as a brit i can confirm he sounds south african to me <laughs> oh I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that uh third and only i didn't know you were Brit british yeah i am Right. I'm here sipping my tea and fish and chips in my black <laughs> like jacket with a shank uh, at the pub. Yeah, yeah. Well, just, just a pub in your living room, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that half my family's English, don't I? Yeah. So, yeah, I know one other South African guy, mm -hmm. and 
there's like a weird accent you get that if you're from South Africa mainly but have lived in England for a bit, mm-hmm. it's like South African but slightly different. I don't really know how to describe it, but yeah. It's like watered down South African. I think I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 I, 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 yeah. I, I remember anyway. reading something that there there are more varieties of British accent than there are like languages on the planet. Like every town can can kind of have its own. Oh, town! <laughs> but you know what? That's that's interesting because like in America, where obviously we predominantly speak English here, it's the same thing. Like almost every state has its own accent, and when you start getting into like the Appalachians, like they speak. Uh, I, which I, I've been there uh, in in like the deep south, and I don't know what they're speaking. Like it's not it's it sounds like somebody's like kind of like screaming backwards underwater. And I, I I like I know that they think they're speaking English, but I I have no idea what that sound is. Um, yeah, I've, I've had something similar where because quite a bit of my family's Irish, so I've spent quite a bit of time in Ireland, mm-hmm. and uh, I've got this guy uh, uncle is my uncle called Seamus, right? And uh, he's, he's an absolutely lovely guy. Absolutely incredible. But uh, you have to sort of guess what he's saying. And the best thing to do is smile and nod because it, there are there are just so many accents. And right. they're so hard to get your head around. And I mean, my mum was born in London and my dad was born in Durham, sort of up north near mm-hmm. Sunderland. And as a result, every time I say a word like bath or castle, I can't decide whether to pronounce it castle or castle. <laughs> and it, <laughs> It sounds like But see, that's why I think it's, uh, if we apply, like, I mean, like Augur, I, I don't know if it's the case in, in France, but the only comment I've ever heard from French speakers is that, like, Quebecois is like, uh, is like uh, I think to, to quote my French friend, uh, it's like a, a duck speaking. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, something is, like this, yeah. Is, is there is there a big variety between the different French accents, like like from province to province, or um, not a big one, not a, not as much in America, I guess. But there's there's indeed some difference between the different region, uh, especially the northern and southern part of the France hmm. country. Yeah, yeah. I just interesting because that seems to be like a global thing. The north versus the south in terms of accents. There's got to be. I mean, there's got to be a relationship between like, like the the environment that you that that a that a culture like grows up in. Like, okay, so so for example, if um, if you look at the differences between Korea and Japan, like it's it's not. I mean, it's basically a little bit larger than the the British the, the English Channel between England and France, but. And 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 the Japanese are 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 colonists from Korea, uh, yet they just they have a completely different. Every everything changes, right? Like, and it's and it, you know it could be the relationship between Japan has with tsunamis because because Japan kind of shields Korea from from the Pacific weather. It's. it's I mean that that definitely has an impact because because of how on the edge of everything. Japan is, mm-hmm. and it suffers like the worst natural disasters and all. It has that kind of effect on your civilization, right. which is what you see during the Sengoku period, which is when samurai rule rife and that. Mm-hmm. Which is that that is one of the primary reasons that they're sort of they don't fear death as much 
right. they're just completely fine with it. Whereas a Western culture like England, uh, where just the worst thing that happened, what was it, that earthquake a couple of years back, which someone like their tea fell over and that was the worst thing that happened. It's like, it's, it's a lot bigger of a deal to us. Mm-hmm. That kind of, loss and destruction and to them it's just all right well yeah it's Saturday, isn't it? i've i've heard that the japanese and, and uh, you know obviously this is it's secondhand information a japanese person has never told me this and it, and it might not be something that's true anymore but i've heard that that when a when a child is born um older japanese people will mourn well will have almost like a wake uh because life is difficult and this new life is this new life that has come into the world uh, should be should be kind of pitied because life is so hard, but that when you die, there's a celebration because the the difficulties of life are finally over, um, which is just an it, it's that's a completely different relationship that like let's say like the Italians or 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 or, or Arabs have in relationship to death where they like you know rip their hair out, scream, jump into the jump into the the you know, into the grave, uh, uh, because they, you know, they, 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 they mourn so hard, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's fascinating, but, but to bring it, but to bring it back to Tao then, um, as we should, right. in in a Tao, uh, talk, We're talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like in 40 K the relationship between the races and death, um, is really unique because, um, humanity, uh, the Eldar, uh, they, which, which are the two big, uh, cultural powerhouses in, in 40k, um, they fear death because, uh, the Nightbringer, which, uh, which is a, which is a, a, a corporeal entity, um, that's called a, you know, a god, but it's a Catan, it's an alien, um, had such, had such a traumatic effect on the galaxy, his existence, uh, that that's why people fear death, um, and why death looks like a reaper because, because the Nightbringer was this, he, he appeared as a reaper. Um, but if you look at the Tao, uh, and you look at the, the younger races, um, they don't have that relationship with death. Um, I know that there's always this desire to connect like the Japanese to the Tao because, you know, uh, giant robots and uh, I mean, frankly, the the fourth codex like did things like it, uh, Miyamoto um, as one of the characters, Darkstrider, which I, I'm ardently opposed to. Um, I also don't like the characterizations that happen in Empire of Lies where it's just a, I mean, it's like a 1940s Disney propaganda movie where Farsight is talking to an orc warlord and it's just like, you know, he, he, he talk like this, you know, and it's just, it's, it's just offensive. Um, but I would relate, I would relate the Tao closer to like, honestly, closer to like African communities, for example, um, or, or tribal Native Americans, like in terms of their reactions to a lot of things, they don't, they do not fear death, but that doesn't mean they embrace it like, like the Japanese uh, characteristic of like, you know, exactly what um, Third and Only was saying, uh, where I don't think that they embrace uh, suicide, for example, I don't, I don't, that that's not a, a Tao trait. It's just when you die, you die. Like, you know, it's, it's a tragedy, but you move on. 
um, versus uh, versus what like the Imperium of Man does, where they have entire worlds dedicated to uh, graveyards. You know, yeah. Um, so that so that that's a that that creates a really interesting um, influence to Tau, the Tau character. Um, if you're not inherently afraid of death, which which human beings are, we are in the real world and the 40k universe, we are terrified of dying. Um, to have a species like the Tau, and, and by the way, the Eldar to a much greater extent, because when they die, uh, they know exactly what's going to happen to them. There's going to be a giant <laughs> rape monster that that like eats your soul forever. Um, um, uh, <laughs> um, but but if you have a race like the Tau that don't fear death, how does that influence everyday decision making? You know, um, it it's it's. It it, fee it feeds a really a really strong narrative that uh, things like uh, rejuvenate drugs right um, so so imperial characters almost all of them are on, uh, if they're not a space marine which which are which are basically immortal um, then they're taking drugs to to stay alive like every inquisitor that I've ever read about is on some kind of rejuvenate drug at at one point or another and these things are you know it's basically a magic pill that keeps you alive. Um, as long as you're taking the pill, as you hit like 400 or 500 years old, they say that your body st starts looking like really, like you, you start looking like you should die. Like you look like a walking corpse. Um, and, uh, Imperial nobles will take a, you know, will do all these, uh, aesthetic, uh, surgeries so that they don't look as bad, but their, their eyes are described as being like ancient and weary, you know? Um, but but it is mentioned canonically that the Tau do not take rejuvenate drugs. Now, this becomes a problem for a lot of people because Games Workshop doesn't do uh, a tidy job with the numerical dates of the timeline. Uh, you know, like, if you, look at, if you look at just the hard dates, Farsight was like 90 years old by the time he left the Empire to go into, uh, to create the Enclaves. Um, but the Tau are specifically said to be short-lived, um, living between 50 and 60 years old. There are authors who have taken on this fact and have had characters, Tau characters, um, specifically call out the fact that they think that humanity is weak because they are afraid of death. That human beings are, are like seeking immortality and that that's just selfish. Um, and again, this is such a great narrative hook because that means that the Tau, in, like basically one generation starts pulling pushing a boulder up the hill and then another generation takes over and it'll be a third or fourth or fifth generation before that boulder gets to the top of the hill um and that they're totally okay with it versus humanity which is like i have to be the person to start pushing the, the boulder up the hill and i'll be the person to finish it once it gets to the top of the mountain um again this just this just influences every every narrative story that you can tell with warhammer um, as well as as you develop your own fluff, which you know everybody here is probably doing at one time or another, or encountering people that do, and it's something that I think that is 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 worthy of uh, of keeping with the Tao, because if they all just become immortal, like um, I'll be a little bit critical now. If you look at the eight, for example, they're all basically immortal. Um, you know, Farsight gets the pass because he's got uh, the Dawn Blade, which is basically a vampiric sword that that steals the life or the remaining life of the of the 
person that that he that he killed. I think it's chronophagic alloys, um, which that's why everybody thinks it's a Necron weapon. Um, but then you've got like uh, Ovesa, who's this Earth cast version of uh, Belisarius Call. He's invented. First of all, just so everyone knows, he's basically invented everything that the Tau have, like in terms of like the storm surge and the, you know, he was he had a hand in the Riptide and the Ghost Key, like like the guy just every every time he gets mentioned, he's he's in, he's invented something else. He's cloned Space Marines. He's he's cloned Brightsword, which uh, you know I'm really opposed to that decision, but okay. He, the guy's like a mad scientist, but he's almost got like he's a mad scientist. Who who understand who, who basically understands the plot, and is uh, can, I, uh, can I just mention that yeah. I think the current series at this point that if Farsight knew that he doesn't actually know that the sword is keeping him alive, and the current theory is if that if he did find out, he would just stab himself with it. Absolutely, isn't it? Isn't it hinted that he's kind of has some kind of like you know he 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 what's the word? It's almost like he's in denial about the situation. Or was, it, was there something I could have, could have sworn I read something where he thinks it's the blade, but he doesn't know. For right. Certain. Right. So both of you are, both of you are correct. Farsight does not know why he is alive. And it's actually a really like kind of a beautifully tragic aspect of his character that he, he's very much like how uh, Gilliman um, doesn't want to be alive anymore, which is again, like there's so much, there's so much you can, mine uh from from the creative angle and character uh, development like gilliman is the leader of the imperium at this point um and he's looking around and it's like live he's living in hell you know the imperium is everything that they were fighting to keep from happening you know uh trillions yeah. of, tr trillions of people working living and dying without without even understanding why uh uh, embracing um, various different versions of the imperial cult um, that venerates the emperor as a as a god, um, like you have you have all of these like really like horrible things happen to him. Farsight is exactly like that. He has lived longer than you know than any Tau really should, and he is living in Warhammer 40k. Like like the Tau Empire is is kind of separated from the rest of the galaxy because it's a stellar it's a stellar cluster. Um, and it has these like natural borders, the Damocles Gulf, the Pertus Rift, the Western Vale Nebula, um, the Corward Marches, all of these, all of these like stellar phenomena kind of, kind of pad it. But if you look at, if you look at Farsight, he's out, outside of the Damocles Gulf and he's actually in, you know, a, a sector of the Imperium called, uh, called the, the Timbra subsector, which is, which has orcs invading all the time. It has a, Tyranid splinter fleet. Uh, it's it's you know it's it's a uh, it's it's awful. It's a terrible place to live, and he probably just wants to. I would say he probably just wants to die, um, and doesn't know why he's he's alive. Him knowing that the sword is keeping him alive, I think, really flattens the tires of who he is as a person. You know, because that makes yeah. him a bad guy, right? Like like without a doubt. Like in order to stay alive, I, I have to keep stabbing people. You know. Um, You've basically turned the, the guy into a, a, a murder robot. Um, at least that's it my opinion. That kind of, well, it, it does remove that um, subtlety to his story. It's more kind of overt, like, oh, yeah, yes, you know, here I go killing again to keep myself alive, to keep right, my people right. alive. And, and it also heals him. So it's like, oh, I got shot. I better stab somebody. Yes. <laughs> um, 
turns him into a video game character almost. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like no, I mean, perform I, finishes to keep myself going. Exactly. I mean, didn't uh, didn't the Space Marine uh, Space Marine game do that? Like, as you do more yes. like elaborate gory combos, you stay alive longer. Yeah, if you do the finishing animation. I mean, it's the same with Doom, the new game, and all that stuff. So yeah, it is like a video game mechanic. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure there will be at some point. Um, I'm gonna twist. I mean, Auger, I'm gonna twist Augur's arm, and we're gonna make a video <laughs> game at some point. Sorry, what, I, I cut you off, Augur. What was that? Yeah, it's bad for Tau standards, but pretty much everyone in the in the rest of the 40k universe is doing this, right? Killing people yeah. to stay alive. That's what happened to the corn berserkers. The orcs, the fucking emperor himself. Right. Actually, I forgot about the. Yeah, he's being fed a thousand people a day to stay alive. Yeah. 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 yeah and and to be fair, as long as Farsad continued to terror to 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 give the orcs PTSD, that's fine to me. Yeah. I don't. I don't find it. It's it. It's a necessary bad in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I suppose overall, it's not really bad, but more kind of on a personal level for his story, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's is what it is. No, I mean, it is what it is. You know, but the thing is, is that like everybody in the eight, though, like uh, his, uh, uh, I'm gonna forget their names, but like, uh, like there's a guy who's basically Darth Vader, and he's being kept alive by his crisis suit, right? Um, there's <laughs> is a that a the... What? Sorry, Olga, uh, you you go. No, sure, we'll go go ahead. No. <laughs> Isn't it um it's Oblatai O9 or something or, or Yeah, he's a well he's an artificial intelligence which which I'm actually I'm I'm fine yeah, with him. Sorry, sorry. It, it's it's bright source. No wait, that's cloned. Oh, I'm getting mixed up. Yeah, See, exactly. Nami, Nami but but the thing is that none of them have none of them have a distinct enough story for you to remember their names. Um to give you an example, when when a story is memorable just to, to forgive everybody, uh, like you, everybody knows what Tatooine is, right? And everybody knows where Mos Eisley is, and you know, and you can probably list ten characters from New Hope without even really breaking a sweat. That's not because you grew up with Star Wars; it's because it's just a really good story. When you have eight characters and you can't remember their names, it's a bad sign. But one of them is a guy in a stasis pod trying to stay, you know, basically Darth Vader trying to stay alive. Um, why he's still alive, I don't know. It, it doesn't it, like it, 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 it's just such a bad, bad, you're porting over human value, human storytelling to alien storytelling. And it's to the discredit of all, you know, um, Ovesa has a bunch of nano drones that are keeping him alive. And why, you know, like if, <laughs> if, if he was just an eccentric mad scientist, and he just was obsessed with living like, OK, OK, I can understand that. Like you're an outlier, you know, outliers are great for stories. But you just said nanodrones. Why doesn't everybody have nanodrones? Like, why haven't you just replicated nanodrones for the entire Tau population and no one will ever die ever again? You know, the, and, and I'm sorry, I keep bringing up Star Wars, but this is like the problem with the uh, the hyperspace ram in, in one of the last Star Wars movies. Like. Yep. Once you yep. establish that you can break the rules of your universe, your universe is broken. You can't unfix it. So so when it comes to Tau lifespans, Tau should be short-lived. Everything about them is made more awesome by the fact that they will not see they, they're not going to live to see the end of their works, you know? Um hmm. 
what's that uh, Greek um, proverb? Is something like society grows great when old men plant trees. Who was it? Who shade uh, they won't uh, see or sit in or something like that? That's a. I've heard. I've heard something like that before. Uh, here we go. I found it. Also, the uh, life support entombed uh, commander is uh, Bravestorm. Bravestorm. That's it. Yeah, the guy with the yeah. uh, the the uh, the giant fist. It's cool. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to detract from the fact that the far side enclaves are, are super cool and interesting. But they just you can you can go over to the empire and do the same thing. Like the the fact that Shadow Sun is still alive, it does just doesn't make any sense. Like, okay, you cryogenically freeze like three or four of Pure Tide students and you bring them back in their time of need, very much like the Arthurian legend. But the problem is, is that like. Okay, let's say if Shadow Sun was a was a Shasso, right? So that's uh, if if she passed every single trial uh, by fire um, to become a Shasso, she was um, eight, twelve, uh, sixteen, twenty, twenty-four. A third of her life is over uh, when she became uh, a Shasel. Probably studied with Puritide and became a Shasso. So she's in, she's middle aged. Um, then she gets frozen. She gets woken up to fight the War of Confederacy. The War of Confederacy is something like between five and ten years. Okay, so now she's in her forties. You know, she's in, or she's in her late thirties. Um, you're forcing yourself to like detract away from the the fact that this is a cool story, and now you're wondering why she's still alive. She fights. Uh, she starts and fights the the Third Sphere uh, expansion. That's about seven years. Um, if they froze her immediately after that, um, then they woke her up uh, to then go fight in the fifth sphere. So she's in her fifties now. You know, like she's between her twilight years. Yeah, exactly. And it's just it's what I think should have been done in order to make you stop thinking about that is for for the Tao to think of everything as a title. You know, like that's not actually sh Shadow Sun. That's the that's the title of Shadow Sun. She's going to have a student that follows her, one of her bodyguards or something. Uh, she's going to have takes on the mantle, yeah, exactly, and takes on the mantle. And that's so much more that's that's no other species in in forty k in the forty k franchise does that, you know, because then especially there's no, because of, I'm sorry, nope, oh, sorry, no, no, you go. I was just going to say it's especially um, interesting because of you know the the weight that our society puts on names in the first place. So it makes more sense, like you said, that they would you know do something like that. You know, it's like you've take you you've come with me this far. You can take on the honor of my name once I've passed, kind of thing. Right, right, and it's kind of beautiful. Then you know, I mean, even and and when you start incorporating something like the Pure Tide Engram ships, right? Well, I mean, I know that it's now like. I think they've actually, in terms of Empire of Lies, I think they've canceled the Pure Tide Engram chip. And I don't think it's an, an upgrade you can get. I'm, I'm actually not sure um, where it is in the rules. But originally, like, it is an Engram chip that has all the teachings of Pure Tide, right? Okay, well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, what happens if, because the Tau don't have an afterlife... And because the Tao don't, uh, they don't, they don't have religion or anything. They must have this very pragmatic view of passing on the torch. So if they have engram chips, which is effectively like a Tao personality, uh, like a holocron, right? It's yep. it's it's not actually the person. It's a it's a really advanced artificial intelligence that this person kind of downloaded all of their wisdom into. 
Well, if that's the case, then you have a really interesting opportunity where Shadow Sun, let's say Shadow Sun, by the when she let's say all Shaso have an engram of themselves, right? That's recording all their thoughts, that's recording their actions, their decision makings, their their passion, the their, their the things they like, the things they hate, and it's recording all of that into an engram chip. When they are ready to die, they pass on the engram chip to their to the their their their, their favorite student, right? That student the, then the bonding put, ceremony as well. Exactly, right? Then they put that engram chip on and that person effectively becomes both becomes them they, they are themselves but then they have all the experiences of their master in them all the time so that creates this really interesting push me pull you of like where do the lines of someone's individuality where where are the edges of the individuality um when shadow if this was if this was the case then when farsight meets shadow sun's uh successor he is both seeing this woman that he loved because we know that they had a romance. Uh, he sees yep. the woman that he loved in another person's body. I mean, that's 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 a lot like Dracula, you know. He's made manifest. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's such an incredible story hook. Uh, that's so much more interesting than like, let me do the math to figure out how we keep this named character still alive. You know. Anyway. I mean, it, it's the greatest expression of like the greater good. You know what I mean? Like they're. Yeah. Especially, it's like that that loss of person, not loss of personality necessarily, but more the acceptance of another person and kind of like the the willingness to, um, you know, open yourself up to another instead of you know becoming like an isolated island. Yeah. No, I mean, if anything, that's there would be no there, there's there's no expression higher than that that le- I mean, yeah. we could even you know we could call that a different type of talasira. You know when. When you look at the bonding ritual, it's it's one becomes many, right? A step, you know. Yeah, like like this could be the neck. This could be the step after that. Um, that this- also explain the rapid development of Tao society because if you have, let's say, some kind of master, you know, uh, and then they pass on their knowledge to the next generation, that's going to have a you know triplicate effect or whatever. It's going to increase tenfold, you know, a couple generations down the line. Versus, well, now I have to start from square one. Right. Exactly. You know, with exactly. Technology we already have. Well, I mean, th- that's the thing. It's 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 about continuity, right? The the hardest thing for human beings to struggle with, and the reason why we 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 have big families and we procreate so much, is that's the only way that you that on a biological level you defeat death when you create children, because your yeah. genes keep going in something else. However, like and 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 human stories are rife with examples of this. Uh, what if you pass the torch on to someone who's who's who doesn't actually want to be a carpenter or doesn't want to be a doctor? They want to be, you know, a, a professional javelin thrower instead, like something completely different from all, everything that you've dedicated 40, 50, 60 years of your life to doing. And then the next generation is just like, eh, kind of don't care, you know? If you look at the Tao in the way that they they... They respond to everything. Maybe that is their way of defeating death. That like, if I've done a good job as a as a as a as a member of my cast, I will have several students, and then I will choose one student to carry on to, to, to carry on the mantle. You know, which if we backwards engineer that, then that is why pure tide is so tragic, because so okay. So let let's just quickly talk about just 
Pure Tide is uh, the most is the is the most accomplished uh, commander uh, at the end of the second sphere. Um, he's responsible for the creation of like Tashvar Sept um, and several other second entire Sept systems, you know, um, and he uh, non canonically, but it was in his design notes, uh, which I've which I've been able to kind of rustle up over the over the years. Um, he was supposed to have been wounded uh, on the border of the Tau Empire by a uh, like basically dark dark Eldar pirates. Um, and the poisons that went into his body as a result of being wounded basically crippled him for the rest of his life. Um, and that's where he goes to Mount Kanji on Delith. So he's originally from Delith. Um, yeah. There, he starts teaching future generations um, to become, you know, the the you know the, the Ethereals, the 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 Firecast. Like everybody's like, shoot, you know, this guy is uh, is the best that we have. And maybe he hasn't, he doesn't have any students. Like maybe he was, he wasn't at the point in his life where he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to now start teaching people how to, how to be this awesome commander. So they start creating classes of people to go learn from Pure Tide. But the problem is, is that since it's an artificial creation, maybe that's why uh, Icewind, uh, 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 Farsight and Shadow Sun. By the way, Icewind is the original third student. Um, Kais uh, com comes along later. Uh, but Icewind... I did read about Icewind. And I was like, what? Like, you know, is there four now? Yeah, no. They, I mean, well, I mean, they never really say how many Pure Tide students there are. But originally, um, in, the, in, the, in the Damocles duology, the three students are Icewind, Farsight, and Shadow Sun. And... Yeah. But maybe this is why none of them were able to like completely understand Pure Tide's method of war, uh, because they they didn't they didn't live with him for very long. They sure they go to Mount Kanji and they you know Farsight picks up Monka and Shadow Sun picks up uh, uh, Kaon um, and uh, and I guess I forget I forget what Icewind was. Monat is is not a is not a method of war. Uh, I think it's Hesashi. No, no, that's something else. Anyway, um, but uh, but you have you have these three students who are, who are awesome at what they do, but they never connect with Pure Tide. So none of them none of them are able to carry on his legacy, which means that Farsight becomes a tragic hero. That he's like he's an unbaked leader. You know, he's just not able yeah. to he's just not able to completely fulfill. Uh, the job that he was he was supposed to do, which again creates this crippled person that is like who is now immortal and is now like trying to figure out how to how to be the be the student that his master wanted him to be. I mean, that's Anakin right there. That's Luke Skywalker. That's uh, I forget what Achilles uh, Achilles cousin's name was. Like like that 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 is that is that is some fantastic. That's fantastic storytelling. Which right now is not there, mind you. This is this is all just conjecture. absolutely love to read about this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, you found it. Society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they shall never sit in. That's uh, yep, that's yeah, true. that's beautiful. That's beautiful. But if if we took that and applied it to Tao, the you know basically Tao leadership, um, you just have something. You just have something that is completely organic and different from the rest of the 40k universe 
um, which I am now definitely happy uh, that we are recording this because I, I will I will write down the notes. <laughs> which by the way for everybody uh, I am recording this uh, for the for uh, the Crusader Enclaves who's come in I know we, uh, we've had some people hop in and out but Gweb Web, just so you know it, it is being recorded so um, uh, you know don't say anything you know I, the, the eye in the sky is on you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um, well this this has been a fantastic tangent um, it's 10 11 so we've been talking for about an hour uh, Augur, I know that you uh, you mentioned that you have to leave pretty soon, so um, that's fine. Uh, no worry, Guevessa. Uh, totally understood. Uh, sucks you got to work on a Saturday, but I'll uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll repost this um, later. The thing that I want to talk about next, um, uh, which which again, the purposes of these talks are to align the community uh, into ha- into being able to create a consensus. That we can all fall in love with, all fall in love with. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to try to like force for the people that do like the Farsight Enclaves books. I obviously don't want to alienate, um, but I do want to make sure that people understand the whole twenty years that we have of Tao lore uh, and how and how you we have we have something really special that is unique in a science fiction setting in our hobby. And the thing that we obsess about the most, you know, probably the most, I, I obsess about the Tao the most. I, I speak Tao, you know, like I, 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 uh, I, I want to, I want, I want the, the next, the evolution of these Tao talks are, are me giving, you know, language classes so that we can, we can have the next one in Tao. <laughs> the next Klingon. Uh, yeah, right. Um, uh, but, 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 but it's also to infuse uh infuse the community with the opportunities of being able to uh make things canon i was very lucky in in the early 2000s uh when i was still in high school uh which makes me you know an, a, a very old man uh but i was lucky enough to be involved with the creation of the third sphere um uh with 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 the community members at the time um uh, during the eye of terror global campaign um same thing goes to uh, the Medusa Five campaign. I'm, I'm I was very lucky to to be able to influence um, the the uh, the direction of the of the Tao story. Um, I can tell you, I can I can you know we can have a whole Ted uh, Tao talk on uh, the Tao viewpoints of Exterminatus because I I in, I was the person that invented uh, something called the hammer, which uh, which which struck Medusa Five during that campaign and like. I'm a I'm a I'm a huge believer that uh, that the the Tao and any and, and any fan community can influence the franchise because ultimately you know the a, a franchise survives by being able to communicate with the fans and by the way I'm I'm, I'm not the only one there there have been there have been other uh, Tao enthusiasts who have influenced uh, 40k before uh, there's a guy Doombringer on Advanced Tao Tactica. Um, uh, the uh tail who who is the owner of advanced Tau tactica um he basically invented uh how pulse weapons work and it's absolutely fascinating um and, and has been adopted by by canon um so um so so one of the reasons why i want to i always want to have these talks uh with the new Tau community is because i feel like people think that they are at the whims of black library or or a white dwarf article or things like that like 
those that's where that's where lore originates from and then it's up to the community to pick up the pieces that we like and keep carrying it forward that's why uh farsight is one of the most popular characters because uh the community has adopted him as as uh as the coolest guy uh in in the faction um but he wasn't always the coolest guy in the faction in fact uh on she used to be everybody the the fan favorite um and as and as yeah and as codexes went on he just kind of got shuffled and shuffled shuffled out of the book um was wasn't his last known kind of uh assignment to go try and reconnect farsad enclave oh yeah 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 Uh, um but the time but but nothing's mentioned after that yeah it was in the second tau codex um, oh, okay. uh, and, uh, and basically what it said was, is that on, she was going to the enclaves to reconnect, uh, with Farsight. Um, that, that, then the, then there's a, I forget the name of the, I think it's just called on, she, there's a short story or a novella that then says that somehow, uh, on, she ended up as a slave in Cameron. Oh, right. Yeah. In, uh, from the Dark Eldar, where in, and now he basically is like a gladiatorial uh, combatant. Um, I just I don't think that's feasible, but I also uh, I also respect that that's the decision to, to send Anshi into the Dark <laughs> City. But like, okay, <laughs> like it's like such a disservice to his character. It's just like, oh, by the way, you're off there busy fighting. You know, screw you now. It's it's all about far side to whoever's new. Exactly. Uh, the, I will say the one thing that is cool about the guy that was allowed to talk about to, to write stories about Anshi is that it's one of the only examples we have of ethereal lore um, that isn't Anva. Anva is I just I can't stand Anva, but uh, but. When when you're reading the book on she, uh, or excuse me, the novella, uh, he talks about how he doesn't like people, he doesn't like other Tau recognizing that he is an ethereal, so he wears a hood over his over his head to hide the the, the bone crest um, in his nasal slit, and it 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 just it's it's an example that that the most likely the mind control theory or uh, the pheromone theory. Is not as uh, is not as as extreme as what some other authors have done. Like like Tao Tao don't like uh, they're not like ants where like in the presence of the queen they act differently. You know um, clearly yeah. clearly there's more of a, a a much more intricate and 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 much more interesting relationship than just uh, mind control. So I do I do I do thank the author of the Anshi novella for expanding on that because it, it creates a it creates an opportunity to make sure that the ethereals aren't aren't just ant queens. Um, That's fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I do. Uh, I, I do want to just talk about this. Uh, if you look in text voice for just a moment. Oh, uh, sorry. And, and anybody want to bring up anything right now? Yeah, uh, I have a question. Uh, what What if the ethereal would see ethereal as an enemy? Would that make like a revolution or? That's a, that's a, that, that, that comes up, uh, kind of a lot. Um, by the way, it's nice to meet you. Uh, uh, yes, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Very nice to meet you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, just to, just to quickly touch on that. Um, here, here are like a, a quick fire, five points about the Tao. First and foremost, up until somebody, uh, rewrites it or it gets retconned, uh, the Tao don't kill Tao. Uh, they, okay. Yeah. The, uh, so even if they get like fucking mind taken by demons, which is very low because of their 
in right. the lore. Yeah, for sure. In the lore way, but I mean, the chance is still to get still can get taken over by demons. Would they still shoot the Tau that they take been taken over, or like? Uh, well, okay. So I'll give you an example of. Uh, there's a book called Black Tide, which is a Blood Angels book um, that you can that, that you can read. Uh, you can you can probably find it somewhere on the internet um yeah but the introduction uh tells the story of an earth cast uh colonist who is walking around uh in uh on an asteroid that has just gone through the warp because fabius bile thought it would be interesting to experiment on the tau because uh the tau community had a bunch of different alien races um so he 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 drags this asteroid colony into the warp and does a bunch of uh horrible tests um on them the earth cast member has been given an orc arm for example oh Uh, yeah it's it's really gnarly like hardcore 40k like like it's really yeah that that sounds pretty 40k for me like every day 40k (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's just basically like putting an orc arm on a tau is like putting a giant chainsaw on the ant just yeah. It's the same comparison. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But but in this example, um the aliens uh turned on each other and turned on the Tau because they they effectively went insane. But it's noted from the Earth cast colonists' perspective that the Tau did not turn on each other. Instead, the Tau became extreme like basically I, I think that this was the inspiration for the fourth sphere lore. The Tau basically became extremely independent and started wiping out all the other alien uh, communities on the asteroid, which the Earthcast, oh. which the Earthcast colonists is horrified that they that they would do that. Um, so I would say that most likely the Tau, on a fundamental psychological level, uh, do n- can't bring themselves to kill each other. Uh, mm. yeah. So, so, so a revolution though, uh, very much like Farsight, um, it, it, it's more interesting that it is a philosophical re- revolution. Um, if you look at the Farsight quote, um, uh, somewhere, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I will find it, uh, just a sec. It's one of my favorites. Um, uh, right here. Um, I will put it in. I will put it right in uh, voice text. Whatever copies. So this is. I my... think it's text voice. <laughs> oh, text voice. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. This is my this is my favorite uh, Farsight quote. Um, mm, yeah, that's that's an interesting quote. Yeah, yeah, and and it's this this is this is at the heart of his revolution. Uh, the farsight and and by and revolution is a human word it it doesn't actually it doesn't apply like farsight's not trying to take down the ethereals unless he said something in empire of lies but uh in all other lore farsight isn't trying to take down the empire he's not trying to remove the ethereals what he's saying uh right here each must find their own way well okay that's he's guilty of individualism right there um, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, none will join their strength together just to see their ancient enemies prosper. Neither should we. He's basically saying the greater good, in my interpretation, the greater good is not open to everybody. He's also saying this in uh, Millennium 41, 765. This is, this is before uh, 
the third sphere. This is before the Tyranids. Uh, like the, the Tau Empire. Okay, yeah. You know, the Tau Empire hasn't hasn't been traumatized yet, but his the great the great traumatization. Right, right. Uh, what what he's effectively saying is. We got to start closing the door. Like the orcs, the, we're never going to get the orcs to join the greater good. So we got to stop sending diplomatic missions because they keep on sending back their heads. You know, um, but but sorry to interrupt, but uh, no, no. the orcs does have some kind of dip- diplomats. I oh, think. Yeah. Oh no, for world. sure. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, let's not let's not uh, say that it's not impossible. Uh, yeah, so, so sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, please, it's a it's try to try. Yeah, no. Please, uh, anything you've got to say. Um, no, the orcs okay. the orcs do uh, have diplomacy in a kind of a crude way, and the orcs have worked as mercenaries uh, for the Tau before. Um, so it's not impossible. But like trying to convince like an orc war boss to become uh you know your ally is is just probably not going to happen. Um, You'd probably see it as Serbians. Right, right. So, um, so to answer your question, uh, the the Tau will, I hope not, the Tau would not have a revolution or or a shooting war with each other. But, but we do know they disagree with each other a fair bit. The castes each have their own way of solving a problem um and we see a lot of really good examples of like when the water cast is in charge of a military uh situation they often make mistakes which the fire cast get really like upset with them about uh while the earth cast has a really like kind of cold and scientific way of viewing problem solving um which usually costs a lot of lives because they're they're kind of just doing math um, basically math with humans <laughs> right exactly exactly um what the ethereals are supposed to do um and this this goes back to simon spurrier's fire warrior uh book um they are supposed to be uh advisor they lead by advice so they see the four different castes and any alien opinions that they you know that they think are are are, are the right way to go um, and then they find the balance between all of those different ways of doing things and set a mandate. Uh, ethereals are, should not be military leaders. They should not be uh, diplomats to a, to a greater extent. Um, th- their management, you know, um, when you don't have the ethereals, um, like keep in mind, the, far, the Farsight Enclaves still has the caste system. He hasn't abolished, like a lot of people, because we have a lot of Westerners um, that play Warhammer 40k, and the notion of like a caste system is like horrifying. Um, but like Farsight still has the caste system. If anything, the caste system is much more, um, it's it's much stricter. Um, if you look at the planets that we see that are in the enclaves, uh, first of all, none of them are septs, which I find really interesting. Like they're just, they're just colonized planets. Um, and they're basically run like fortresses um, with each, which with each planet, um, having a, a dominant cast there. Um, so you're so 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 you're telling me like he didn't take over the planet by force. He was like, here, this water cast will be the main force on exactly. this planet, exactly. which, which, and right. some other cast another. No, okay, no. yeah, I got you. That yeah, and and the thing is, is that the in the empire they don't do that. Every sept has balance. Every sept has. Has an earth cast, water cast, fire cast. Sure, their cultures drift to to um, sometimes you know like Sakia, for example, 
um, is the most populated sept in the empire and, and it's known for its fire warriors. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't have a water cast or ethereals or an air cast, things like that. Um, Vasha, so it's just the oops, so, so it's just the majority. Exactly. Well, it, it, more okay. li more like um, if you think about uh, I, I'm American, so I'll put it in American terms. Um, Do that. If I think of New York City, right? New York City yeah. is, a, is an international city that's known for its economy, like the the, the stock exchange, right? And you know, like it's it, it's Wall Street in there. I'm sorry, I'm from yeah. Sweden, so I don't really know yeah, much yeah. about that. No, no, no. Absolutely. Here, I'll put, here I'll put it in European terms because because I think I'm the only American here. Um, uh, nah, there's a, there's a lot of those. I don't worry. You're not alone about that shit. <laughs> but like like look at this. Watch. Uh, Switzerland is uh, known for uh, like really good chocolate and banking, right? Oh, so you mean like culture reference? Exactly. Oh, I understand. Exactly, but there are oh, still. I guess you there, yeah. Yeah, but there are still doctors in Switzerland. Um, uh, it's almost like we're the most influence. Right, exactly. So, but that's not the case in the in the enclaves. The enclaves, it's more like North Korea, you know. Oh shit! So, I mean, there's an entire planet in the enclaves that are dedicated to uh, very very imperial, actually, dedicated to the memorialized. Uh, gravestones of fire warriors that have died in the service of the greater good i mean that's terrifying um yeah you know that uh, imagine imagine needing to think of that every day right exactly exactly and and, and mind-breaking i mean that that would be a chaos weapon just now it might be getting a little off here but imagine just chaos making a weapon that makes you dream of your worst nightmare and just put in a pure bomb just yeah, and, 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 and yeah, it, it's a little off the, off the beaten path, but like the, the chaos does that all the time. They did it during the the Horus Heresy. Uh, okay, yeah, I, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it, it, but exactly that. But see, that's why it's it's okay. Sorry. So to answer so no, to answer your question, I don't think a Tao revolution would happen, but I think that a divergent philosophical way of interpreting the greater good would happen. I don't think Tao kill each other. Um, and I, I, I think it's, I think mistakes happen, but, um, but I, but they don't, not even the ethereals are, uh, like a hundred percent on the same page. Ethereals duel each other. Bloodless duels, yeah. Yeah. When, when they disagree with one another, um, in these bloodless duels, uh, but that's like, but, but so, so that's, that's a very, it's very important to realize that the Tao are not just blue humans, you know? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I mean, sorry, continue, sorry. Yeah, no, no. So, so, um, so I'm sorry. Uh, so, uh, does that answer your Does that answer your question? Yeah, that's basically my questions. Cool, cool. Wait, I just have a I just have a theory here. I just wanted to hear it. Here. No, so, no, and, and believe me. And another thing is, nothing in 40k is canon. Um, it's been. Said. No, I mean, I mean, nothing is canon. You can have a shovel, and you can it's still canon. Exactly so. right. Yeah. No, like like 40k. The, don't don't give Craig don't don't give Craig got them ideas here now. We don't <laughs> need new shovels. Right. Right. Um, anything can exist in Warhammer 40k. That's why it's such a it's such an awesome universe. I don't want to I don't want to say that anybody's idea uh, can't happen. Um, and I mean, I, one thing for sure that can't exist is happiness. That's the only <laughs> thing that can't exist. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I mean, their happiness exists on uh, the Exodite world. I mean, I mean, so, happiness is in some kind of peace, in like a way of treating oh. people. So not like 
the, the imperial hate for everything except humans and even humans. Sure, but at the same time, uh, you know, again, watch just to you know just to expand the conversation a little bit. You do have human communities that have gotten along with the Eldar in the past. Uh, that is true. That is true. Yeah, and and you and you have human communities uh, that work within the Tau Empire. Uh, they worship the emperor, but they, but they, but they're part of they're part of the empire. They're not part of the imperium, you know. Yeah. Um, so peace can is tangible, and if we were completely blocked off from peace, um, I feel like 40k would be a much more um, edgy place where it's like, no, it's just bullets and bayonets and explosions a hundred percent of the time. It it, it was all Star Wars all over again. And Star right, Wars sure. just sure not yeah. not as fun as this. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why we can. Just- have- that's why we can have conversations like this. Yeah. I mean, we can have like nuclear, like super big ships. And in Star Wars, they're like super small. So, I mean, sure. everything oh. is too big in it. Every, in 40K, everything can be everything. Right. Just. Well, to be, to be fair, it depends on like, there are Star Wars ships that actually dwarf 40K ships. But I guess I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I did generalize on the. Uh, Venator yeah, no, and the, the, the Imperial SED and those, those. Yes. No, 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 for sure, for sure. And, you know, yeah, like you have, uh, I think you have, the Necrons have a Dyson Sphere, right? Which is the size of a solar system. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, can't Necron technically just take over the whole ga- galaxy because of their technology? Um, uh, I mean, this is getting, this is kind of getting into a 40k conversation. Oh yeah. So sorry. So, sorry. So sorry. No, 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 it's fine. What I, what I would love to, cause, cause we've been talking for about, uh, 90 minutes now, um, which is great. And okay. I, I love, I, I might, I might actually move the, the, the Tau talks a little bit later if 10 o'clock is a, is an easier time for people. Um, it is, sorry. I was saying my favorite style of 40k. Oh <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, rambling. Hey, how, how's it going? I guess you're, you're, you're. Oh yeah, hello. You're you're big on the uh, the 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 fan fluff. I I I love reading your stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, but but oh, this thanks. this this is an example though of how like we take the we know that the that the firecast has this tribal system um that that hold that holds on to a lot of these old superstitions. Um, we can see it in their locks of hair. Um, in the Syphus Kane novel, uh, the Tau fire warriors start painting uh, crude symbols on their armor um, to to give them good luck. You know, um, is that crude? Oh, this is not crude. This is this is Tau. I asked what like crude symbols and Tau must look really different because oh, crude oh, yeah. is like much lower in IQ and shit. Well, that's not necessarily correct. No, I meant. Well, what well, I know, I haven't been looking up in lore for like two years now. So depends on what breed you're talking about at the time. Yeah, okay, like, yeah, the, yeah. The engineers kind of stay at home under the mountains, right? Like, okay. so, so something, something to keep in mind about the crew. Um, and, and by the way, we we should do an entire talk on the crew, uh, maybe next week. Um, yes. But something, something to keep in mind about Same the thing for later. Uh, <laughs> Something to keep in mind about the Kroot is that they, um, they're actually, uh, they're like the Amish in America, if you know this term. Um, uh, the, the Amish, I think there's like Indians? Uh, no, they're basically, they're, they're, they're German, um, and they, they... Oh, yeah, yeah, those people who like keep saying that's 18, the 18th century is the best century in 
on and your sure, kids. Sure. Yeah. Death. Yeah. Exactly. And basically, what I what I know, what I know, I'm not American, so yeah, that is. You got that far, so I'd say you know enough. Yeah, I know that's. that's... I mean, in Sweden, we get well educated, educated. So, <laughs> so just in in summation, though, um, uh, the crude are voluntarily uh, the way that they are, but they used to have an interstellar mm-hmm. empire. Um, they're actually incredibly, uh, uh, incredibly accomplished navigators um, through the warp. Um, and if you look at like a crude war sphere, for example, um, a crude war sphere has technology in it that is better than um, is, is is some of the best anti grav technology that exists because they can effectively land their crude spheres, which is like the size of a city. Uh, they can land them on planets and use them as uh, use them as like towns which they live in when they when they're colonizing places. So So you're telling me Crutes is smarter than Tau. Um in well, a way. In, in a, a way, way then. In, in a way. In a way. Niches. In niches. I, I, remember that they, they had an empire um, that was in a place called the Pertus Rift. Um, and maybe even larger than that, but they lost it because they effectively picked a fight with the orcs and the orcs beat them. Um, so that they had to be, so that they had to be saved by the Tau. Actually, a again water, and again, yeah, a water cast. Uh, it was a water cast um, uh, explorer um, that fought for twelve years to to push back to push back the the orc threat um, uh, at a, at a huge cost to the Tau Empire. Like they lost thousands and thousands of people trying to save the crew, which, which again kind of shows this kind of self-sacrifice that we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation as to why the, you know, why the, uh, why the, the Tao are the way that they are. Self-sacrifice likely is second nature to them, you know? Uh, see you later, Augur. Uh, oh, he's gone. Um, <laughs> he just messaged me. Sorry. Uh, but but anyway, I think I think we've uh, we've not been talking for uh, an hour and forty minutes. Um, but I uh, what what I will do um, is that next week uh, we can uh, I'll move the the time up to ten p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, the talk will be about the crew, um, and uh, and I will also publish uh, the notes taken from uh, this meeting uh, as well as uh, take the recording, uh, which I'm going to stop now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is going to be good to just uh, not able to skip. <laughs> so um, okay, so so the third sphere is um, is this period that takes place about two hundred and twenty, two hundred and fifty years after the end of the second sphere, which is when the uh, the Damocles Gulf Crusade came in and basically uh, smashed uh, the Tau efforts to try to start colonizing the galaxy. Um, oh. And uh, and Shadow Sun is put in charge of the third sphere. Um, you have about two hundred years. Hell yes. Pardon me. Hello. Sorry. What? How? No, I think it's uh, Ram. Your mic is a little off. I think. Oh. Okay. Mine is. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. Sorry. If you. If. Uh, yeah. If anybody uh, here. If anybody uh, needs to put a hand up or something, just let me know. Um, but, uh, but with, uh, with Shadow Sun, she basically orchestrates, uh, this massive, uh, multi-tiered, you can see a map of it, multi-tiered, uh, attack on the Imperium, 
which is really, it's the first time that the Tau regard an expansion phase as a, a military exercise. Um, Wasn't the third sphere the biggest, though? Uh, no, no. Well, technically, the second sphere is the biggest because it lasts about 2,000 years. Um, oh, Jesus. 200 years. No, 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 no. The, the, the second sphere uh, was, was 200 years ago. It, lasts, it lasted for about 2,000 years. Um, okay. Yeah. Here. Uh, sorry. Give me one second. Yeah, don't worry. success from that i think is kind of the uh, what i feel is the what's the word the opium that dulled the minds of the leadership thinking that they could conquer the galaxy and then the so they got persuaded counter. by their own mind persuaded yeah i mean yeah hey, sorry. sounds no problem um but yeah no uh, i i caught a little bit of that i think that was rambling uh yes uh, definitely, it's definitely something that uh, the the Empire basically thinks it understands. It it, it it honestly, it's the same mistake that the humans made during the Damocles Gulf Crusade. They thought that a, a crusade could conquer and destroy the Tau Empire, but they didn't know how big the Empire was. They didn't know. They didn't know how many stars it consisted of. They thought they thought that they were fighting, you know, a pretty typical alien civilization of like, you know, maybe six or seven planets. Um, they didn't so wait, 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 in no. so uh, weren't they, so weren't they like going for the information that they were like primitive? Yeah, well, things. yes, on the on the lower tiers, yes, but. Yeah. Okay, this, again, this is kind of getting into... Uh, yes, sorry, just my usual thing, I can get so much into stuff. By the end of the second sphere, um, which is uh, around Millennium 41, 700 something, um, you have Tau technology showing up on Necromunda. So, so the Tau influence on the Imperium is pretty substantial, and the Inquisition, especially the Order of Xenos... Um, at a very uh, at a very early point, realized that the Tau are represent a really unique threat, um, and that's basically that the Tau effectively, like if you were to boil it down, no. Nope. Oh, sorry. What? Okay. Uh, no. the, the, the Tau. No, I was just saying they saw the influence in. Yeah. Nope. Oh, yeah. Totally. Got to shut that down quick. Exactly. No. Exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, it's. But, but effectively what the Tau offer humanity is that unlike, you know, let's say like a chaos cult or a gene stealer cult or a divergent imperial cult, which is still pretty like hardcore, like, okay, let's just very quickly, I join a chaos cult. They say, okay, you've got to like pull one of your own eyes out and eat it. You know, um, that's pretty hardcore. I might not want to do that. I might, I might, I might actually want to skip on the next, uh, you know, cult meeting um, because I don't want to do that. <laughs> I uh, mean, I mean. That's basically forty k in sure, a nutshell. But, they but, eat everything. Well, so. Ted, you relate to the baby harvest this year. Looks like I'm going to have to dock your pet. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But meanwhile, you know, when I go home to my imperial uh, hovel, uh, what's for dinner tonight? Oh, it's corpse starch. We're eating our neighbors because they died in a you know mining accident yesterday, and we converted their body to food. You know, and it's just like 
shit, man, my but life you don't sucks. Know that, you know? It's okay. <laughs> so, but as long you, as no one sees, no one knows. Right. So, so the thing that the Tau offer the galaxy is like central air, uh, air conditioning. Uh, Way out of the hole that they're in, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like, here, do you want, like, a drone that helps you, like, farm so you don't have to, like, be awake for 24 hours trying to eck out an existence? Even! <laughs> <But> that's, <laughs> that, that's why the Tau are so terrifying to the Imperium, is because it, it's just like, honestly, it's just like capitalism. Like, how would you like a giant screen TV, a car, and McDonald's? Like, wouldn't that be better than, like you know, living, living in a cave and, and, and like thinking that fire is the most interesting thing you could, that'll happen in your day. Like that's, <laughs> I, now, mean, I mean, humans many, many years ago thought so. So I guess it's interesting. You know, in yeah. Way. But, but now the problem is, I didn't and, know better though. Right. And that's the <laughs> that's thing. The Tau, the Tau don't know better. Sometimes they, I like to drink from the sewage pipes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that, that's probably what like one drunk soldier be like. That's yeah, no, just... like yeah, no. That, that's and that's humanity in 40k. You know, it's like yeah. everything is misery. But then I offer you a chance of just having an easier life. Of course, I'm going to say yes. And they let me worship my you know corpse on a throne. I'm absolutely going to say yes to this. You know, isn't he skeleton? Isn't he, isn't he a skeleton by now? Like the the, the, oh, the flesh must have been like gotten away still, by he's now. Got still, he's still got some skin. I'm sure. I'm sure. Skin in the game. Going to keep a few cells on the inside live, but other than that, yes, uh, I, I have a not particularly fun to look at. Sorry, pickles. What was that? Uh, I'm just saying. I'm not sure if this has been answered somewhere else, but I'm just thinking about, you know, the Damocles uh, crusade or, you know, the punitive crusade or whatever you want to call it. I'm just thinking about the imperial troops that went to Tau worlds, like how they must have felt basically going into like, you know, I, I feel like you're fighting. They were burning water, heathen territory. Like, I mean, true, true. Uh, but I mean, I'm just thinking like in the back of your head, you're going through, let's say these beautiful cities, you know, that, uh, it's it's not like a high world where you grow up, grew up in. Let's say that you've you know you were taken from a PDF force and now you're coming to, uh, you know you became a guardsman. Are you coming to let's say uh, whatever Sept world or just outer territories of the Tau Empire? I feel like seeing that would be a culture shock and a half. Like I feel like absolutely you would you would be questioning everything you know about you know like your life because it's you almost like that. that every bog standard orc hovel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to be at work. Temple. You don't think about anything. You don't need to care <laughs> but, about but, anything. But just, to, sorry, just to carry on, it's. I feel like it's that would automatically make your fighting spirit like you know you you would lose morale quite fast when you think that you know are these really you know are these people really the enemy when they but, offer us so much. I mean, granted, yes, there's obviously you know you grow up your entire life hearing of the imperial you know like well, no the imperial truth that's 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 pre heresy stuff. Sorry, um, you know like. Well, the just, church, just, just, uh, just imagine, okay, I mean, use, you always use history as your, as your, uh, as a basis. Perspective. Yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. Like, think about what the barbarians, you know, the Visigoths thought when they were invading the Roman Empire, and they, you know, would walk into, you know, walk into these palaces where there's so much food that they have, that they need to vomit so that they, they can keep eating, you know, like, it's, like, that's, that I, I would that's that's you know that's the that's the comparison I you know and and remember there's humans living in the empire by the time the Damocles Gulf 
uh, happens. Oh, yeah. I mean, two two human worlds, uh, Kleist and Garrus, uh, which had been you know, ally, basically ally trading partners with the Tau Empire. Because remember, you don't have to be part of the Empire to enjoy a relationship with the Empire. Uh, the Demiurge, uh, the uh, a lot of human colonies, um, the Torellians. Yeah, they, you're just you could be a client race, or you could just be a trading partner, um, and. They attract a lot of business out in their end of the woods. They're Mr. Worldwide. Sure. Um, But but just in conclude, you know, basically to conclude that point is that if you're a human being walking, walking Dalith, you know, this, this planet where the environment is, is, you know, fuck, there's, there's breathable water, there's breathable air and drinkable water, you know, like, like just that fact must be massively demoralizing, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, probably. You're not. Unless you're a part, it depends on how indoctrinated you are into the tech priesthood as well, though. Because sure, no, the moment I mean, you start I, seeing artificial heresy, intelligence, yeah. you're going, you're going to shard a brick. Right. I mean, if I we mean, I, I, and I guess, the person holding it. Right. I, I guess the, the the question was mainly related to you know the, the average grunt, but I do get what you're saying, obviously. And for space marines, obviously, that would be doesn't irrelevant. Matter because, yeah. You know, no, the mechanicum, you know, the Astartes, therapy, and all that stuff. Yeah, the Kasserkin, the the Inquisition, like, well, I mean, that, that's maybe not technically true. There is one example of an Inquisitor turning even, sides. Yeah. You know, there <laughs> they did. That was the lady who got. She had the collar, right? Oh no! Keep please, a demon yeah, out no, of her. No, no, no. Slave no, we, collar? We just no, no, no. We're no. not. We're not. Gonna, no, we're not going to go there. That's no, <laughs> that, that's too. That's too deep, Lord. Thank you. Well, no, no, no. It's just. Oh, no, sorry, right. sorry, rambling. No, 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 no. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't. No, no, no. Rambling. I, I said I wouldn't do that uh, you, earlier on. You didn't do anything. <laughs> uh, I forget her name, but yes, in Empire of Lies and the the two Farsight books, there is a there's an Imperial Inquisitor who has decided to become friends with farsight and it doesn't really explain why they in the addendum at the beginning and end of both books there is a part where it says that she's still loyal to the imperium but she likes farsight it's it's a very seems very spurious and weird yeah um the person that i'm talking about uh is uh uh, the, he's an he's an inquisitor that that was with the Damocles Gulf Crusade, uh, and uh, he he he's in the he's in the story uh, broken uh, broken sword, and um, he is he pilots a crisis suit, and he works as part of the counterintelligence part of the of the Empire against the Imperium. The Nagy tank. Sorry. That's the guy that's got like the, the he's got the naggy that that's always with him. Uh, yes, there's what, a yeah. What's a naggy? Just uh, the naggy are the, psychic the, worms. Yeah, they're they're uh, sentient species. Yeah, they're they're giant, so, giant worms. Okay. No, they're not. They're no, not no, they're giant. Small. They're, they're small. Yeah, they're very small. Small. So so small. Yeah. Okay. Two meters. They accompany ethereals and that kind of stuff too. Right. Yeah. The ethereals oh, are are noted as the, the ethereals wear them. Um and uh, and Vad, his name is like Vadem. Yeah, Vadem. Uh, in, former Inquisitor Vadem uh, wears a Nagi advisor, and he even gets asked by the main character in the story, "Like, wait a minute, like that thing is connected to your armor?" He, like, he's horrified because it's like that's a mind worm, and he's like, "Of course it is. How else would he advise me?" So <laughs> that, that and, and don't get me wrong, that's a perfect opportunity for some of the duplicity. Oh, no. You know, that could be yeah, that could be part of the duplicity of 
the fact that, you know, uh, the Tao uh, could be mind controlling him or, and I think this is way more interesting, wh- what if, yes, he's a mind control worm, but why would he control my mind? He believes in the greater good, you know? It, it's, it's, it's a, every, every. Well, you get a look at. Sorry. I was going to start going on and on about Nagy psychology. You can, I, I can dial it back a bit. <laughs> I, we, we might not want to go that deep yet, well, man. We, we, you know what we could do is, I mean, I, I, oh, sorry. No, no, that, I, I was just saying, I, I can hold back a bit. I'm, this is my font of knowledge, that particular part. And I don't want to take away from the Tao talk. <laughs> now we're like going more to like, Legit, more human and human. The more we talk, now. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's normal. Um, you know what? Rambling. Uh, for next week, if you're available, uh, what what are the two things we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about crew. So maybe we should we should have like a Tao talk on uh, on on the auxiliaries and the alien allies of the empire. Um, I think that I think that I think that that could be, that could that could be, be a possibility. Yeah. Um, in con- it, basically trying to trying to put like a, a a conclusive point on the Damocles Gulf. Something to just remember uh, is that there was a treaty signed where the Imperium realizing you know two things because I, I know that Imperial players like to say like oh we can smash you to bits at any time. The only reason we <laughs> say they say when they have like four fucking models that they can like <laughs> do well we can just model like all the way up so no exactly yeah it's it's a it's a it's a constant struggle but say that to my crew talk (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) but um but you know it's one of it's one of the things that that comes up a lot uh and something to remember is that the at the end of the damocles crusade the imperium had to scramble so so quickly to go fight a high fleet i believe leviathan um uh, in the, uh, That's galactic, the man. yeah, toward, uh, toward McCrag. Um, because they had to work so quickly to do that, they actually left thousands of guardsmen and those guardsmen are given amnesty. They're, 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 they're allowed to freely join the empire and there is lore on those guys. They're still allowed, again, they're allowed to worship the emperor and they effectively start working with the empire to to convince more human worlds to join the empire. So even though uh, it's kind of a pyrrhic victory for the empire when they defeat the Damocles Gulf Crusade, uh, they actually gain so much more from 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 I'm that. I'm sorry to bo- bo- oh, yeah. but uh, we're going st- straying farther away from the Tao talk. That's true. That's no, true. but this is a part of the. This is the Tao, you know, the way in which they. Uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, in. yes, I just wanted to know. No, I, pre- yes. I appreciate that, Crusader. No, thank, thank you, and and that's a good point. No, um, no, no. Let's 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 curve, and and we jump we jump two hundred years into the future, right after the Damocles Gulf Crusade, and what you have is is that the the Empire realize kind of like 
over over this course of time is an effectively uh, in a in like a cold war with the Imperium. There's never an outright battle until the Third Sphere after the Damocles Gulf Crusade. Yes, if you look at the timeline, there are Space Marine conflicts and and uh, there's there's like brush fire wars and stuff like that. But it's the it, it, it's it's the same if you think about real world history with like uh, the United States. modern. Yeah, the, the United States and the Soviet Union. It's it's it doesn't become a shooting war until. Uh, the events of the Fire Warrior game. Um, the ethereal Kovash uh, is kidnapped by uh, a group of space marines um, on a border world uh, near Ran, which is uh, which is a which is a very large space station uh, in the northern part. Uh, it's in the Delith Sept. Um, when Kovash is taken prisoner, um, that effectively uh, r- r- like. R- ends the ceasefire uh, and the Tau send uh, a military force to uh, the the planet Dolomar and uh, and then the events of the game of the game fire warrior begin um, mm-hmm. now what's interesting about that is is that that was uh, a manipulation by um, by chaos cultists in order to try to instigate a war so that's in my opinion that's super interesting um, but at the conclusion of that event, uh, that's around the time where Shadow Sun, uh, along with the Council of the Highest, determined like there's never going to be peace between the Empire and the Imperium. They're always going to do this, and they've murdered. Uh, Kovash is not rescued; he's murdered. Um, An ethereal is murdered, and it, it's a great moment to realize how. Yes, the question said about it. Well, who is Kovash? Uh, he's an ethereal uh, that is uh, that that is he's a high-ranking ethereal of the Delith Sept. Um, okay, I, I think I just wondered. <laughs> oh no, no problem, no problem. Uh, I'll I'll try to do a follow up on one this of the thing. most cosmopolitan sets. Exactly, exactly, and and the sept that's dedicated to diplomacy um, with alien races. So when he's murdered, um, when he's murdered, that opens the stopgap, and that's when the empire starts. Pl- I mean, they were probably already planning it, it like like everybody plans for the worst, uh, and that's when they start actively uh, sending uh, in. Uh, water uh, water cast envoys to activate all of their agents and all of their allies in the Imperium. In uh, the year 998 is when, uh, Millennium 41, is when uh, the advance actually happens. Uh, it begins at a planet called Koln, um, where the Tau military, instead instead of, so, so they're called Silken Conquests, uh, the Tau usually send in diplomats and everything, but for the first time in Tau history, they send warships first, and these warships enter into uh, uh, about thirty star systems um, that are that are to the the the, the Empire's north, west, and south, um, and actively start engaging Imperials on all fronts. Now, just so everybody knows, what coincides with this event is the 13th Black Crusade. So at the time, uh, Chaos is actively trying to break out of the Eye of Terror uh, and destroy Cadia, which they eventually do a year later in 999. Um, the, so the area around uh, the eastern fringes is just massively unprepared. They're... There, uh, there are, you know, most of the Imperial Guard units have been pulled back to, play, you know, more important areas. 
um, the the battle fleet uh, segment, the segmentum battle fleet uh, has been pulled back to cover for the uh, for more Terran space, or uh, rather than um, uh, rather than uh, hold on to a lot of the eastern areas. And so the Tau basically just walk in and just smash through a lot of Imperial uh, positions faster than would have ever, honestly, faster than has probably ever happened to the Imperium from an alien force that wasn't, uh, wasn't Tyranids or wasn't orcs, you know? Um, so at around this time, Shadow Sun is told to take a, a, a high value target to the, gala- to the galactic, uh, wet, uh, I guess it would be the empire's West. So the galactic West of, uh, of Viorla and that plan. Or the is- Rangdon. Pardon me. Pardon me. Did that take that long? Oh, I was, uh, I was talking, I mentioned the Rangdon that nearly drove the Imperium to extinction back in the day. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, uh, I think, wasn't, that, wasn't that before, sorry. wasn't that technically before, that was when the, the Emperor is, is after the Unification Wars, right? Yeah, the right. Great Crusade. It almost stopped the Great Crusade. No, you're, you're, you're 100% right. I guess I, I don't call, uh, me. I don't know if this is official, but I don't call the Age of the Imperium until after the Great Crusade. Um, uh, but you're, you're a hundred percent right. Totally. I understand. I, I was referring to just one of the few times the Imperium was turned back by an alien race. Right. No, no, and no. almost destroyed in that case. Right, right, right. No, hundred percent. Um, there's also, of course, the orcs of Ulanar, which, uh, which are also, um, you know, Ooh. almost killed the emperor. Um, but, uh, but okay. This was a shocker. <laughs> uh, so, so, okay. So, so, uh, what happens here is that Shadow Sun, uh, coalesces the largest uh, military, single military action uh, in the shortest amount of time uh, against a hive world. Now, just so everybody knows, the population of the empire is not in the hundreds of billions. Um, It's in the few billions. The Tau uh, population is actually very small uh, when you compare it to uh, an interstellar empire of of kind of like uh, the same size. Um, they do not have the numbers to accomplish a lot of the things that they try to pull off, which is one of the reasons why they rely on auxiliaries so much. Um, but they're also an extremely traditionalist species, which is why they don't create drone armies to do their job. Uh, the fire cast wants to be warriors. They don't want, uh, they don't want to just let drones do all their work, uh, or auxiliaries do all their work. They're very, uh, you know, I mean, the word samurai comes up a lot, you know, like they're, they're a very noble and very like, like traditionalist conservative uh, cast um, that wants to do its job. So 20 cadres are put together. That's that's an enormous force for uh, the Empire. And Shadow Sun successfully takes a hive world in a few months. Um, and she does this through a variety of different means. Um, there's a couple war crimes that get committed, uh, kind of, some would say accidentally, others say maybe it was, maybe that was the design. And she defeats the defenders of a hive planet in less than a year. Now, just so everybody knows, uh, a hive planet is like Armageddon, right? Uh, uh, Terra itself is, is the, is the largest hive planet. Um, a single hive has several billion people living inside of it, depending on its size, and for a small force that's like the size of, you know, let's say, you know, honestly, like maybe the American military, um, 
to conquer uh, a hive world is completely unprecedented. And Shadow Sun doesn't get enough credit for this victory. It's such a knockout. It's such a huge uh, upset that Terra itself, for the first time in, 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 in history, recognizes that the Tau Empire is some kind of a threat that they need to deal with. And that's where you get the second Damocles War. Um, and at the end, I mean, that's, that's a whole talk unto itself. But at the end of that war, because the Tau were able to do, again, the this is Shadow Sun, okay? And I, I mean, everybody likes Farsight, but like Shadow Sun should get way more props because she, she fights a war on three fronts. Uh, one, she fights the Zeist campaign. Uh, from from afar, she's not there personally. The Zeist campaign is Cato Sicarius of the Ultramarines, basically getting pissed off with how long the war is taking to defeat the Tau. Rallies a thousand Space Marines. That's a chapter strength number of Space Marines, and 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 like unleashes it on Shadow Sun's flank, and it doesn't do the job. It doesn't stop uh, the Third Sphere. It start it stops it from expanding but it does not end the third sphere. Next, you have Kosaro, uh, who's a representative of the White Scars chapter, personally uh, declare a vendetta against Shadow Sun, meaning that he's going to take her head. And you have uh, the chapter master of the Raven Guard show up himself to try to fight the Tao Empire, and Shadow Sun ends up killing him. So she defeats three Space Marine-level heroes uh of the imperium and like like we're talking like the the like the at the time i can't think of off the top of my head very many more like mvps of the imperium sigismund sigismund uh, but he got murdered in millennium 35 by abaddon all right I, oh, I meant, and that's what i oh yeah oh sorry <laughs> i meant i meant currently uh currently active sorry i should have yeah I yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> he's he's never dead he's he will scream himself out of death just sure, sure. um I, i'm gonna go now see ya oh okay was fun bye crusaders nice talking to you um and sorry i i know i know this has gone a little bit over our our time um but uh but just to yeah. just just to conclude um Shadow Sun defeats all comers. And so at the very end of the, of the war, the Imperium petitions the Adeptus Mechanicus to do something, which never happens. Now, every, uh, almost every uh, large-scale Imperial action has some kind of an exterminatus weapon. Uh, they don't know how to make them anymore, but, uh, but I mean, there's enough of them to keep the plot going. Um, uh, but... I don't. I can't think of a time where the Adeptus Mechanicus in the modern history of 40k is petitioned to help the Imperium. Remember that the uh, the Mechanicum, uh, excuse me, the, the Adeptus Mechanicus and the Imperium are two different uh, entities that that operate together. They're a confederacy. Um, the Adeptus Mechanicus also very often screws the Imperium over, um, and for the Imperium to ask for help. Just, just gives you an idea of how big this moment is. And as a result, the Adeptus Mechanicus uses their version of an Exterminatus weapon, which, frankly, there's not that much description on it, but it basically, it sounds like living fire or like wildfire. And they burn... It's, it's, it's the, Sorry. Uh, Sorry? Karen, Karen. 
Well, yeah, no, no, they, no, sorry, I jumped in. And they and they and they burn half of Mugaloth Bay, uh, and they just they effectively destroy a hive planet. This never happens. Like they didn't even destroy Armageddon when uh, the uh, when Angron shows up. They didn't destroy Armageddon when Gazkull attacked it a first and second time. They spent the resources and material to fight them. They did not do that at Agrelin. They destroyed Agrelin. Um, and yes, as Pickled was probably about to say, this fire then goes and like lights the Damocles Gulf on fire for for uh, for a couple of years. Um, that's how de- that's how devastating this weapon is. Um, but but Mugalath Bay is still uh, it's still there. But the people who have survived, the Tau who have survived um, on this now like mostly dead planet, living you know kind of huddled up behind shields, uh, they now hate. Uh, humanity. Uh, very much like how Kelshen uh, hates aliens in general. Mugalath Bay doesn't hate aliens, they just hate humanity. Uh, Kelshen is a little bit, is like a less extreme version of what's described in the fourth sphere uh, in that they they just don't trust aliens anymore because Kelshen has gotten, I mean, just has event after an, after event where they just get screwed over by by dealing with aliens. So, um, so yeah. So it's it's a it's really just a fascinating, especially when you look at like all of 40k. It's like there's a lot of really interesting things going on uh, toward the end of the third sphere, um, and I don't actually remember how we got on this topic because I think he left. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, uh, I, uh, yeah. I think we got onto it because he. Uh, what was it? Shoot, we we had the crude, and then we were talking about. Damocles and the spheres. We were talking about oh, the differences well, between yeah, no, uh, by crude spheres. and the expansion. Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, I think we know what I think we know what we're going to uh, talk about next time. I think I think we should dedicate uh, some talk because I, I do forget that not everybody knows about the Nagi. The Nagi are, are like super interesting. 